Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Week 8 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. As a true football fan, we already know that every weekend our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, and so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all of your pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. Best part is, if you join now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. That's double your initial first deposit. You can use all, so you can use them on all your favorite picks. Use promo code Share to activate the offer. That's promo promo code Share to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today, where you play, you win, you get paid. What's going on, guys? It's, uh, let's see, it's about 6 a.m. in the morning. I did not feel well when I got home from work on Monday night, so uh, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm annoyed, but I'm here. So let's do this. It's the Week 8 review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground. Let's get to it. Like I said, I'm tired. I'm hungry, I'm annoyed, and I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about this football game. And I'm up against the clock here uh, because my uh, the sinus headache that I had when I got home yesterday was a little bit too much uh, for me. I went to bed instead of doing the show last night, so I'm up against it. Uh, so this might be a, an abbreviated version of, uh, of what I would usually do, but uh, we got all the knee-jerk reactions. We're going to get it all in. So we're going to get the show done. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. Back, the week eight review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And if you could have told me that, uh, you know, the Bears would statistically dominate this football game, we'd have like double the first downs. We'd have 38 minutes time of possession to 22. Uh, you know, Eddie Pinero was going to make three field goals. Mitch was going to throw for 250. And and you told me David Montgomery was gonna run for a buck thirty five, but we'd lose. <laughs> you know what? This year I'd believe you. I would believe you actually, because there would have to be some extraordinary reason that we lost. And truth be told, it's not all that extraordinary. We could not close the deal in the red zone, which is funny because it's one of the things, one of the few things the Bears actually did well coming into this game it, it said something like uh we we've only had 14 trips into the red zone prior to this game and in 14 trips in the red zone we've scored nine touchdowns so we were actually as far as statistics goes one of the best teams 
in the red zone when we actually got there. We were one of the worst in the NFL in actually getting into the red zone, but once we actually got into the red zone, we were one of the best at closing the deal. And for some reason, this Sunday, we had no trouble getting into the red zone against this defense, but all the trouble in the world closing the deal, and that is why we lost the game. Not because Eddie Pinero missed a field goal at the end of the ball game, not because he missed one in the first quarter, but because we had four trips in the red zone in the first half and zero touchdowns, and one that was horrifically bad just before halftime. So, uh, you know, the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, you guys are going to love it, I promise you. So um, let's dive right into this thing. Uh, We decided that this Sunday would be the perfect opportunity to uh, wear the most despicable jerseys in the history of pro football. And uh, for the, I guess it was appropriate, considering that this was basically what everyone, you know, kind of commemorated as uh, Halloween weekend. Uh, I found that out one, the hard way when I went out to Uber Drive on Saturday night. Uh, you know, lots. I had a, a guy with a beard and a bald head dressed as Minnie Mouse get in my car on Saturday night. That was that was shocking, is what it was. But anyway, we uh, decided that uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be the Chicago Pumpkins uh, this weekend with those stupid ass orange jerseys uh, against the uh, the L.A. Chargers. That everyone, including me, you'll hear me during the knee jerk reaction say it. Tom Brenneman and um, uh, what's his name? Chris Spielman. The announcers for the game constantly called the Chargers San Diego. Uh, It's like everybody but the Chargers wants the Chargers in San Diego. So uh, it's a flub that everybody makes. Everybody made it repeatedly over and over again on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, it was uh, it was just a mess from the beginning, you know. But you hear me say in the first quarter uh, knee jerk reaction. Uh, I was not happy, A, with the uniforms, and B, with how things came out uh, in the first quarter because we had something work immediately, and then it really wasn't for the rest of the first quarter or the rest of the first half, quite frankly, that we saw it again. New jerk reaction in the first quarter, the Bears and the Chargers, and uh, offensively, it's about as pretty as those goddamn orange jerseys that the Bears are wearing today. First play from scrimmage, David Montgomery runs it for 11 yards on the ground out of the I formation. Have we run an I formation play since then? No. No, that would be be too easy. Instead, we're still doing a bunch of the old garbage that we're out doing. We're motioning this guy, running that one, you know, trying to get cute and confuse the defense instead of just lining them up, pinning your ears back, putting a man on a man, opening a hole and seeing what happens uh, kind of thing. Uh, we had a decent drive, our second offensive drive, two very nice throws from Mitch. And I mean, they were nice in the fact that they went for decent gains, one to Anthony Miller, one to uh, Tariq Cohen. Both were on the money, but both were the ugliest, like dead duck floppy ball throws that he's thrown all season, and yet they were on target, they were perfect, and they both went for big gains. However, uh, the ghost of Cody Parkey returns as the offense stalls out, and Eddie Pinero doinks one off the uh, right upright. So we're still scoreless. However, the defense has made an appearance in the fact, in, in, in their old selves, I should say, generating a turnover. Kyle Fuller, Kyle 
Fuller, Chris Spielman, not Kendall, dumbass, um, intercepts a play and nearly takes it back for a touchdown. The Bears uh, got the ball inside the five-yard line. But, of course, on first down, instead of an I-formation, three-tight-end type thing where we're just going to pin our – stop me if you've heard this before. Pin our ears back, put a man on a man, open a hole, and drive into the end zone. No. We got Cordero Patterson coming across on a motion where we snapped the ball and then immediately pitched to Cordell, who runs into a wall of people on the outside for nothing. That was the last play of the first quarter. But here we go with the first play of the second quarter. It's 0-0, but the Bears are inside the five, so hopefully we come away with something this time. So there began the uh, the road uh, to, to, to defeat, and, and we really kind of solidified our fate in the in the second quarter and uh yeah i i I blew my lid like the game was over and and it was the funny thing was the game was far from over we're actually winning the game we were dominating the chargers but the problem was and you hear me detail it in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction is that because we were settling for field goals a couple of big plays away a couple of big plays in san diego was right back in it or in the lead uh in this case that's exactly what happened uh, in the second quarter so <laughs> I enjoyed listening to it after when I was recording this uh, onto the computer uh, the other day uh, and I think that you guys uh, will love this uh, as well enjoy knee-jerk reaction second quarter Bears Chargers and you know this has had to have been the most frustrating half of offense I've seen from this football team this year and that is saying an awful lot okay we just got done watching the bears who from the 20 to the 20 have actually been pretty good today moving the football david montgomery's got 80 yards rushing already on the afternoon in the red zone matt Nagy or whoever's calling the plays whether maggie's Nagy's made the switch or whatever he's still doing has shown an ineptitude in the red zone that is staggering, staggering, okay? Twice today we have seen him try to go to one-on-one situations with Adam freaking Shaheen, okay? We, we've seen him lining up five wide receivers in an empty back formation inside the five-yard line. Um, you know, it just... I don't know what the hell Nagy's doing. We have four red trips into the four trips into the red zone, and we have nine points to show for it. It's a nine to seven halftime lead. And the trouble with our ineptitude in the red zone is exactly what happened to us earlier in the quarter. Instead of having ten or fourteen points on the board which is what the Bears would have if we had a competent offense to begin with. It took two plays for the Chargers to put a touchdown drive together, a big pass play to Mike Williams, a big run from Melvin Gordon, to go from being down 6 to nothing to being ahead, just like that. One touchdown flips the scoreboard, and they were winning. Then the Bears got like half a dozen breaks from the Chargers who could not get out of their own way on this last drive and it just I I I just don't I don't understand what the hell Nagy's trying to do 
And all I can see when I'm sitting here watching this offense on television, armchair quarterback though I may be, is Nagy is trying to outsmart the defense. He's trying to do something where he's going to catch them with their pants down as opposed to just lining up and running a goddamn play. Jesus Christ, man. You're professionals. You make it look so goddamn hard when everyone else can just do it, no problem. The good news, however, we're winning the game, 9-7, to seven, and we start with the football in the second half. It's been a long time since I've seen a team that was winning get booed off the field. But that's exactly what happened just now. After Pinero made the field goal with no time left to go up 9-7, to seven, the Bears were booed off the field. And they deserve it. I don't know how many plays exactly we ran from inside the San Diego, excuse me, L.A. Charger five-yard line, but way too many to come away with zero goddamn touchdowns. So we might be winning, but I don't know if we're going to win because we're hitting, we're, you know, we're looking for spares and the Chargers are going for strikes. So we'll see if it works out, but these guys are pissing me off, man. I'm, I've really, really just had enough with the way this offense is playing. It is awful out there. Welcome to the world of being a bear fan in 2019. You're, your team is winning. Your team took the lead just going into the half, and yet you have every right and you feel overly compelled to boo them off of the field. And that's exactly what happened in Soldier Field uh, on Sunday. The Bears took the lead as time expires in the first half, and yet we booed them off the field because they just completed their fourth red zone trip. They had zero touchdowns to show for it, and they... They got inside the red zone there with about 40 seconds to go, and they burned it all on a running play to, to, to just barely get in clocking the ball with one second to go and, and putting the, the putting Eddie Panera on the field goal on the field for yet another field goal attempt. So it was a, a, a staggering show of incompetence inside the red zone, which is, uh, you know, as you heard me say before, before the I mean like I said the Bears had trouble getting into the red zone but when they did more times than not they closed the deal nine out of 14 attempts they put into the end zone and then we had four attempts in the first half alone and we were 0 for 4 and it was a pathetic showing I mean just the, the this is where you could argue that the play calling uh was an issue because uh you know I mean to go back to the first quarter knee-jerk reaction first play from scrimmage we line it up in the eye formation J.P. Holtz is uh, in the uh, is a fullback. We hand it off to David Montgomery running downhill, who doesn't get hit for starters until he's about seven yards deep into the San Diego defense, and then pushes his way for another four yards to get eleven on first and ten. So already on the first play of the game, we have what two thirds of the rushing total that we had last week against New Orleans. We finished with seventeen. We had eleven on one play, the first play of the game and then we don't see the eye formation again until the third quarter which we're just going to, where we're going to talk about here uh in just a moment so it was like you know what what the hell it was like i know that we script the plays and we know we're going to run for the first 15 but you might want to go back to that after it goes probably way better than anyone anticipated on the first try i mean this is Nagy who who complained last week 
in the press conference that the first three runs went for 0, 1, and 2. So, yeah, we're going to throw the ball. Well, the first run this week goes for 11, and then we don't run it out of that formation again until we're making halftime adjustments. I mean, what the hell, man? With all the plays that we ran in the first half, we don't go back to the I formation until the third quarter? Insane. So it was just a a, 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 a high level of, uh, of incompetence there some of it had to do with with the execution uh but i feel like most of it was the play calling we had that that third trip down in the red zone we threw the ball three times you know not not we didn't david montgomery didn't touch the football at all he uh we, we got down there we ran 17 plays 17 plays in the red zone in the first half we gained 14 yards and i think david montgomery touched the ball maybe twice out of those 14 snaps but we thought it was a good idea to run the ball on third and goal from the nine with Tariq Cohen to set up one of those field goals. It's just like, what are we doing? It's like we're in an obvious passing situation and we run the ball. It's like, okay, Tressman, all right, always having to prove that, you know, you're the smartest guy in the room thing. I just I don't understand what Nagy's doing sometimes when it comes to these play calling situations. But um you know, as pissed off as I was at halftime going into the break, uh, I, you, you'll notice a stark difference in my tone after the third quarter because we come out in the third quarter, we ran the football. Quite frankly, we ran it down San Diego's throat, and David Montgomery gets his touchdown. And as we go into the fourth quarter, it's looking good like the Bears might actually pull this off. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction after the third quarter. The Bears and the Chargers. And it was better in the third quarter. We ran the I formation several times on the opening drive. The Bears actually ran the ball nine times on the opening drive. Chewed up close to eight minutes of the third quarter. And put it in the end zone with a David Montgomery touchdown run from about four or five yards out on another play where we brought in Cornelius Lucas as an extra tackle. We put J.P. Holtz in the backfield as a fullback. We just rammed it down San Diego's throat. We got Mike Davis mixed in on a couple of runs. We got David Montgomery doing most of the heavy lifting, who is over 100 yards on the day rushing the football. So we ran the ball two more times on the last drive than we did the entire game last week against New Orleans. That's progress. And progress also being that we finally put another red zone opportunity in the the end zone. Um, The defense, however, playing a little loose in coverage, letting the Chargers get the ball down the field, but they they, uh, seized up in the red zone, forcing a field goal. So we're sitting... 16-10 to going into the fourth quarter. If we get more of the same from the offense in the fourth quarter than we did in the third, hopefully we'll put another one in the end zone. At the very least, I would settle for a field goal here to make it a two-score game. I think the defense is playing well enough. And I also, something tells me Rivers is going to serve up another interception for us. I really do feel... Like, it's just something about the way the the ball is coming out of his hands, the touch that he's throwing the football with. I really do think he's going to let one 
hang up there just a little too long and somebody's going to get in front of it or run underneath it or something like that. So um, the Bears have the football now. There were only two, basically two drives in the third quarter, the one where the Bears scored and the one where the Chargers answered. And then, like, the Bears had, like, 30 seconds to run run play uh, at the end of the third quarter. But we got the football. It's second down, and uh, let's see if we can finish this thing out. But, of course, I was unaware of the magic that uh, that Maserati Mitch was going to put on the field in the uh, fourth quarter uh, after that, uh, that very good-looking drive where Mitch uh, throws a nice pass to Allen Robinson off a of play action, mind you, uh, to set up our, our, red zone, our fifth red zone trip of the football game. That was the last time we were in the red zone, guys, for the rest of the ball game until the the final moments of it uh, on Mitch's last scramble uh, there. I think we got to about the 20-yard line before the kneel down pushed us back a little bit, uh, which set up the inevitable uh, game-losing field goal attempt by uh, Pinero. And again, I I don't put this loss on Eddie Pinero. Yeah, he missed the kick. Uh, He missed two. So not a great day from Eddie. However, uh, he should have been kicking extra points in this football game not field goals uh, this should have been a a blowout like tampa bay style coasting of a victory uh and and because we can't f- pull our head out of our own ass in the red zone all of a sudden for a team that was one of the best in converting red zone trips into touchdowns granted in the few times we've actually made it there but we made it count pretty much every time that we did we got there more times. We've gotten there all season long, and we couldn't figure out what to do or how to get the ball uh, into the end zone. We seem to be calling on the wrong guys. Like all of a sudden, Adam Shaheen is our go-to guy in the end zone, and which would make sense if we were throwing jump balls to the tallest guy on the team. But instead, we're trying to get him out in the open space, like Shaheen is Trey Burton all of a sudden, and he's the big receiving uh, tight end for us, or, or anything like that. I. Uh, you know, not running the football with David Montgomery, uh, running it on third and nine from the nine, or third and goal from the nine yard line with Tariq Cohen, who gets two yards on the play. Uh, it just like what, like what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing besides not scoring? I mean, come on. So, but you know, <laughs> there was there was a ray of light at the end of the third quarter. We had the lead. The defense was playing well. It got turnovers. You know, that set up one of the field goal attempts in the second quarter. Um, we only had one sack to show for it, so we weren't really getting any pressure on, on Rivers. That quite can't understand what's going on with the defense uh, right now that all of a sudden we can't rush the passer uh, anymore because it's not just Khalil Mack. I mean, we, you know, it's just Khalil actually had the one sack we got on Sunday. But as we all know, the fourth quarter did not end the way that we wanted to. And um, as uh, as you will hear, Larry D was not a happy guy when the clock struck zero and uh, Panero's kick went wide left. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Nietzsche's reaction to the fourth quarter, Bears and Chargers and... Oh, they choked their ass, man. Mitch Trubisky turned the ball over twice on consecutive drives. Uh, First with an interception where no one knows what the hell he was doing. 
He was trying to hit Trey Burton, even though he had a defender right there the whole time. And then uh, on the following drive, the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the um, he tries to avoid a, a pass rush. And like when he went to try and tuck the ball away, he ended up knocking the ball out of his own hands and gave the ball back uh, to San Diego. The beautiful part of it all is that San Diego only walked away with one touchdown uh, for the whole deal and went up 17-16. to 16. The Bears get the ball back with about 2.30 left in the game. And God bless Mitch. He has had his moments today. But it was 2017 all over again where he did his best to put the team in position to win the football game. He made some good throws, had a really nice scramble that got the Bears down to like the 20-yard line. But uh, in another decision, I'm sure that will be scrutinized by Matt Nagy. Instead of uh, maybe running the ball for a little bit more, he decides to let the ball, to let the clock drain down to two seconds, put the ball in, in Eddie Pinero's hands, and Eddie, who has been very reliable for us for the most part, he did miss a field goal earlier today, misses the game winner wide left from about 40, 41 yards out. So <laughs> the, Bears. Oh, the Bears lose the game. We lost. We're three and four. We've lost three in a row. We go on the road next week to Philadelphia, who's, Seemingly getting back to themselves this week. They're beating the hell out of whoever they're playing today. I forget who it is. Buffalo. They're beating up on the Bills, actually. So, uh, yeah, 31-13. There it is across the ticker. They're kicking the crap out of Buffalo. So, it's... Uh, it is what it is, guys. Uh, this wasn't all Mitch. It just... Yeah, we're, I don't know. I don't know. Three and four, we got a tough road game. And we'll be lucky to be 500 at the midway point. So there you have it, guys. The Bears lose their third straight after a three and one start. We've lost three games at home now. Uh, we're 0-2 off of the bye, so no bouncing back after that terrible performance uh, against the Saints. Uh, last week we have yet to bounce back from our loss to the Raiders and we just finished a winless October because our game against Philly on Sunday is on November 3rd so I know we had a bye week in there but we were 0 for October uh, this year so not good not good at all so um, yeah we were 2-2 two and two in October uh, last year because our bye week was the last week in September uh, last year so it just um what a what a mess guys what what a mess and we have no one to blame uh but ourselves uh on this one we statistically dominated in every single category the only category that we lost in turnovers we lost those two turnovers in the fourth quarter uh mitch's horrible interception and uh then he got bumped into and when he went to tuck the football away he drops the football and San Diego recovers it, the next thing you know, they're scoring the game-winning touchdown or what would end up being uh, the game-winning touchdown. And then just to 
just to mess with us. The football gods, you know, gave the ball back to Mitch with two and a half minutes to go, and he does his Mitchell Trubisky magic by running the football, you know, charging the football down the field and setting us up to win the game. And then, unfortunately, our kicker let us down. But, again, I don't blame Eddie Panero for this one. He missed the field goal. Hell, he missed two. If he makes them both and he's five for five, the Bears win the game no problem. But it just uh, – it was we lost the game in the first half when we had four red zone trips and came away with zero touchdowns. I mean, we, we sh- it should have been a 21-7, a 24-7 halftime lead. Instead, it was 9-7. to seven. And, you know, 16 points just wasn't enough to win us the game this time. I mean, here's the funny part was that we, we the defense actually did its job for the most part. But, you know, the 10 points that the, the, the Chargers scored in the second half came off turnovers. So, I mean, it just, you know, we couldn't get it done. We, we didn't get it done there. And then, you know, the defense performed well enough to get San Diego's, San Diego's, L.A.'s, uh, the Chargers, O.C., Ken Wisenhunt, got fired. He got fired after yesterday's performance. The Chargers won, and their O.C. got fired because they shouldn't have won the game. Uh, and the funny thing is it, it they probably should have won the game or deserve to because they also dropped two touchdowns and missed a field goal. So they left 17 points on the field uh, as well. So, I mean, this it was just an offensive uh, you know, a show of offensive ineptitude on both sides. Uh, only ROC is also our head coach. We can't fire him. And we're not going to. For all the people out there who keep calling for Nagy's job or for Ryan Pace's job, Nagy's in the second year of a five-year contract. Ryan Pace's contract was extended to match Nagy's. So these guys aren't going anywhere for at least another year or two. So Nagy will be back for 2020. and so will Ryan Pace everyone can just let that go let it go maybe you guys aren't happy with who's running the ship these days we were just fine with them a few months ago and I have faith that they'll be able to turn it around will that be this year doesn't look like it maybe this is the sophomore slump uh for Nagy and uh things will turn around uh next year after we get a few things straightened out we'll have to wait and see I hate the fact that we're heading into week nine talking about 2020 already that sucks that absolutely sucks i was hoping that at this point in the season we'd be six and two seven and one talking about playoff seedings and or trying to catch green bay who's seven and one right now or you know we're 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 tied with the uh with the vikings who's six and two and boy this nfc is going to be something because the 49ers are seven and oh the seahawks are six and two it's it's going to be a battle to get through the NFC playoffs, and we'll see who's the last man standing, and we're right in the middle of it. Right now, we're on the outside looking in. We are in dead last place underneath the uh, Lions, who are 3-3-1, three, three, and one, and our 3-4 and four record is good for last place. Seven games in, and we got a tough ball game on the road at Philly on Sunday, so it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Then we got the Lions, who are playing good football. We got the Rams. Uh, good guy. We got the Giants, who aren't who aren't completely incompetent. I mean, it's it's not looking any better, guys. We, we got to get the ship going on, on offense uh, to beat any of these teams. And, and right now, it's just not looking like we're capable of it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where year in and year out, I would not pick the Bears to beat the Packers because we haven't beaten the Packers. 
So it's like I can't pick them to beat the Packers until we actually beat the Packers. And right now, I can't pick us to win because I don't believe we're going to score. Uh, you know, because we keep walking away from things that work and keep sticking to what Nagy wants us to do. So it's like it's it's difficult to to sit there and watch week in and, and week out. And hopefully there will be some more self-scouting, some more soul-searching this week, and we'll come out and play some classic Chicago Bear football on Sunday uh, against Philly. We'll get after him on defense, maybe get a few more turnovers, get after Carson Wentz and shut down Jordan Howard. Wouldn't that be beautiful? And get a win on the road. Uh, against philly so anyway that's going to do it for the week eight review and um you know let's go ahead and and get to our closing segment i have an exciting announcement and of course we have bear up and bear down but first (coughs) support for the armchair media network comes from manscaped who is the number one (laughs) who is number one in men's below the belt grooming yes we're actually doing this Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. This is so great. It's a bold new world out there, boys. It isn't just the ladies that are expected to keep a clean shop in the nether regions these days. But you don't want to use the trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Always use the right tools for the job. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so the, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. This is the copy, guys. I'm actually reading this. And because of it, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ARMCHAIR at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code armchair go to manscaped.com the number one place in men's below the belt grooming your balls will thank you <laughs> i love it i love it and to tell you the truth guys they um actually sent all of us every one of the podcast hosts for the armchair media network got a care package that was basically the initial package that you would receive if you go to Manscaped and, and order some, it came with this, actually, this little awesome, like, leather pouch. It's got the crop preserver. It's got the lawnmower that they talked about. All that stuff. I haven't quite dove in and, and used any of it yet, quite frankly, but uh, it's all there. And, you know, this, no no joke. Stuff smells great. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, We'll see about what happens maybe down the line if I actually, no pun intended, hit the balls to use it. We'll, uh, we'll see. But, uh Want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the podcast. Also, remember, guys, promo code CHAIR to uh, double your first deposit at mybookie.ag. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed reading it. There was not the same awkwardness as Bluetooth for some reason. I enjoyed reading the Manscaped stuff. But, um, you know, final thoughts, uh, you know, after this game, guys, it's, it's hard to see a road through. Uh, you know, because the defense, uh, even though they, they, they played a lot better uh, this Sunday, uh, maybe even got a little bit of their swagger back, got to see them do the, I believe that was the cha-cha slide they were doing there in the in the end zone after the Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller interception uh, that set up yet another field goal uh, for the Bears uh, there. So that maybe they got a little bit of their swagger back, but they aren't as suffocating. 
But, you know, the only solace that I have is that we kind of went through a little bit of a soft period around this time last year as well before we finally just hit the gas and, and became our old selves again around week nine, week ten, uh, you know, last year. It was, you know, we had a couple of games where, you know, we, we played well, but we weren't as dominating or quite getting after it the way that we were before. Then we had that game against Buffalo week nine uh, last year where the defense scored, you know, like 30 of our 41 points uh, against the Bills. And then the following week against the Lions, we pushed the Lions around. We were sacking Stafford like four times in the game and blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping that as far as the defense, 2018 will repeat itself as far as that goes. I don't know what to think uh, about the offense. I don't. Uh, for, you know, for a team that struggled to get into the red zone this year, like I said, famously a few times, 14 trips into the red zone heading into the ball game, but we turned nine of those trips into touchdowns, which is one of the better ratios in the NFL. This time we get there five times. We only have one touchdown to show for it and three field goals, and it wasn't enough. Uh, to to win the game and it shouldn't have been it sh- absolutely shouldn't have been we should have at least had one or two more touchdowns at least would have been more than enough for us to coast to victory against the Chargers, which is what we should have done this Sunday and this season we haven't done anything that we probably should have you know we, we beat the Redskins we should have beat the Redskins uh, you know we, we beat uh, who else have we beaten we beat the Broncos barely but we should have beaten them. They're not a very good football team. They're still they're still working on it. They're tough, but they're not there yet. And, you know, then week four, we beat the Vikings in Chicago, which is what we always do uh, anyway. And since then, since that glorious win over the Vikings where we stomped a mud hole in their ass for four quarters and made, you know, we, we thought we broke Kirk Cousins. Apparently we fixed him because he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league statistically since then even though they haven't played anybody. They still haven't done the whole beating a 500 football team yet, but uh, they, the last four games since us murdering them, they're undefeated. And, uh, you know, they shut down the uh, the Redskins this past weekend on Thursday night football to improve to 6-2. and two. So I don't know. But we, we lose that game in Oakland, and as much as that sucked, it was – it wasn't it wasn't that weird that we lost the game with traveling overseas and the blah 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 and this and that. It happens, okay, big deal. But we were embarrassed last week on our own field by the Saints, and then we embarrassed ourselves this past week uh, against the Chargers. So now we go on the road to Philadelphia after they just got done kind of getting back to themselves, stomping a mud hole in Buffalo uh, this past Sunday. So I don't know what to expect this coming. Sunday, you know, because uh, usually we would bounce back from these kinds of things. I mean, even though we lost two in a row last year, we had that bad loss against Miami. We played much, much better in our loss to uh, New England, and we were one yard away from tying it, sending it to overtime, and who knows what happens then. There was optimism after, uh, you know, we had a two-game losing streak last year. There, There's very little to be optimistic about here other than the fact that we've got most of the guys that we made that run with last year still on the team. So that's it. It's like we got all the same guys, but none of them are playing the same. There isn't that same, you know, magic or swagger around this team anymore. And the opinion on the football team gets worse by the minute. So not a lot of fun being a, a Bear fan uh, these days. It's just not, you know, you don't quite look forward to Sunday the same way you did uh, a year ago. So. 
anyway, like I said, big announcement. Uh, happy to announce that uh, the Olin Krutz interview is a lock. He is going to be on the show next week. Uh, I, I, I uh, got in touch with Olin over the weekend, and we nailed down that I'll be talking to him next Tuesday. So depending on how the interview goes, as far as how long it is, how, how long he's available for, it will either be its own standalone episode on Wednesday or it will be part of the preview show uh, next Friday. Actually, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll see. We'll see because, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I, it'll either be part of a, of a longer preview show next, uh, next Friday or if, the, if, even if Olin get in there and, I, and we talk for over an hour or something like that, it'll be a standalone episode that'll come out on Wednesday. I promise you that. But you will hear from Olin Krutz on the Bears Talk Underground next week. It's a done deal. So I'm very excited uh, to report that. And, um, yeah, man, I can't wait to talk to him. Because this is I, – I, when he came back to me, he said, let's pick a date and let's go ahead and do this. I, I chose next week because it's the midway point. Well, you know, the Philadelphia is the eighth game of the season. So we'll be halfway through the season and – we're heading into a division game against the Lions, which during his time on the team was probably the most intense rivalry that we had in our division. There always seemed to be heated exchanges and pushing and shoving and things like that going on, uh, especially during Olin's time uh, on the team. So uh, talk to him about that rivalry. Talk to him about the first eight games, what he thinks, because he's been very honest about it on Twitter. He's uh, He and Thomas Jones, big proponents of – just lining it up, doing the eye formation, and getting David Montgomery running downhill. We watched them proven right on Sunday, and we'll we'll get Olin's thoughts on it next week, among pretty much anything else, depending on what he's got time for. So I'm looking forward to that. So it either be a segment on the preview show next week, or it will be its own standalone episode. I am knocking on wood for its own standalone episode. So, all right, let's finally get into it here, guys. Bear up and bear down. It's a short list on both sides. Quite frankly, I was surprised I had anybody to put on the bear up side, but there were only two. Uh, I gave a bear up to the offensive line because we put 135 yards rushing on the field. I think we ended up with like 170 uh, to go along with the minor contributions of Cordero Patterson, Mitch Trubisky, and Tariq Cohen. But a buck 35 rushing from one player who was our other bear up, David Montgomery. 27 carries, 135 yards, five yards a carry, and a touchdown. That's what we drafted this kid for. That is what he's capable of, including a big 55-yard run that set up, stop me if you've heard this before, one of our field goals in the first half. So, yeah, that was awesome, right, to, to, to have that capped off by a field goal. Uh, anyway, b- big bear up to David Montgomery. It was great to finally see him, A, get the carries, and B, Watch us prove and write that if we get this kid into the second level, he can be as dangerous as any running back in the league. And that's exactly what he was yesterday. There were so many times on Sunday that we got him through the line of scrimmage, and there he was at the second level, breaking a tackle and turning a four-yard gain into a seven-yard gain. Held that first one, that I, the first run of the game. Like I said, he had seven yards before there was contact, and he pushed his way ahead for four more. That is what David Montgomery can do for us. Is it a recipe for a long, healthy career? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? You know, they don't make them like they used to, but something tells me David Montgomery will be able to handle it. 
Um, we'll see in the long run if that proves to be a recipe for success uh, for us and letting David Montgomery get his own yardage. But getting him through the first level exactly happened what I thought would happen. He would make things happen for us, and sure enough, he did big time. So bear up to David Montgomery. Bear down to the red zone offense, uh, which encapsulates the other two people on the bear down list, Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, going back and, and looking at the, the plays, there's plenty of people out there with uh, showing clips of our red zone attempts uh, on Sunday. It is a mixture of what the hell are we doing? You know, why are we running this play? What, what is going on here? And a combination of what the hell is Mitch doing? On that first play to Adam Shaheen, he's trying to hit Shaheen on, the, on a slant route when he's got one-on-one up top with Allen Robinson. He actually looks at Allen Robinson and then goes back to Adam Shaheen. I, I, I can't wrap my head around that one uh, to save my life, but uh, that's what happened. So it's a combination of that, uh, not to mention Mitch uh, would have got, earned a bear down alone for the two turnovers in the fourth quarter, the second of which resulted in the touchdown that lost us the game. So, you know, if he would have earned an honorable mention bear up for leading the touchdown drive, but... That's just kind of become old hat for him now. You put him his back against the wall, like in the Broncos game or, uh, you know, the Philly game last year and all that kind of stuff, and he'll get us in a position to win the game. But why are we in this position right now? If you'd have played with half a brain in your head or whatever you do in the final two minutes, how about we just slip him into that mentality for the first 58 minutes of the game? We might break the scoreboard scoring touchdowns. Who knows? But... Um, not happy with any of those people right now. The red zone offense was terrible. Matt Nagy's making bad calls. But, again, in Matt Nagy's defense, it was a combination of, A, he didn't make the right call, B, when we had the right call, we didn't execute, and our quarterback is an idiot, apparently. So it's, it's you know, can't really defend the kid anymore, much as I want to because he's our guy and he is our quarterback. But, uh the evidence is mounting that we made a mistake. And I we, we've still got nine games. He's going to be our starter, guys. He's going to be the player for us. We're going to have to ride through this year. And, uh, you know, in a twisted way, I hope he doesn't do anything that makes the Bears pick up his fifth-year option. Even in a show of faith, I think that would be a mistake. I think next year in 2020, Mitch should be playing for his job. And actually, somebody should be in there competing with him you know that that uh maybe isn't uh good enough to beat him but good enough to push him and then maybe he'll still maybe he'll play but i and speaking of Olin Krutz, i heard him make a great point on the post game show that he does with alex brown and matt forte and uh and briggs on uh comcast or nbc sports or whatever channel it is um that he got you know i guess he was coaching we'll talk to him about that when he's on the show next week that he was coaching in his time uh, out of the spotlight after retirement and he got advice from uh, rod marinelli our old defensive coordinator saying that your bench your bench is your best friend because when you send players to the bench they always come back better maybe that's what needs to happen here maybe we need to actually bench mitch or Nagy needs to sit down sit mitch down for you know a half a quarter or a full football game maybe the giants game would be a good one uh because god knows we got we got the the eagles the lions and the rams coming up 
maybe put Chase out there for the for the Giants. That looks like our next winnable opportunity here. And, uh, you know, see how much Mitch likes being healthy and on the sidelines and then put him back out there for the game after that, which I believe is uh, the Lions again on Thanksgiving. So I don't know. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Sit Mitch down. Basically, there. here's the threat. You know, you want us to renew your contract? You want us to extend you for that fifth year? You want to be quarterback of the Bears? So why don't you go ahead and prove it to us? Earn your way back out onto the field, and then when you get on the field, don't give us any reason to take you back off of it again. Maybe that needs to be the strategy going forward. So, but we'll see. Anyway, that is going to do it for the Week 8 review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground. I got to jump in the shower so I can take my smelly ass to work and uh, do my day job, which who likes having a day job? But uh, anyway, come back on Friday when we will have the Week 9 preview. Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation from SB Nation will be joining us to preview this game between the Bears and the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are 4-4. Four and four. Uh, The Bears are three. The Bears. The Bears are three and four. Can the Bears earn their way to 500, or will they be the five-loss team uh, heading into the midway point of the season? Come back on Friday, my brand, myself, and Brandon Lee Gowton to hash it out. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 
30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.